This is Podco Media Networks. It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Demystifying Data. I'm your host, Chris Clegg, and today we're going to talk about Data Analytics 101. I want to put together a short 10-15 minute guide for beginners that's going to give you the chance to dive into data and metrics and what kind of metrics need to be collected and how to analyze it, report on it, monitor, all the things that go into the practice of data analysis and using data to make smarter decisions. I want to give you a top line guide for that and see if it's something that can add some value to your workday and, and help clarify some of the some of the basics of how to get started. I'm going to stay away from specific analysis techniques and instead talk about the framing of things or how to think about the ideas of data or how to think about how you approach data so that it can be applicable to a wide range of situations. I'm going to talk about this idea of causality and what is causality, what are we trying to accomplish with data analysis in the first place, and how does that relate to the way we understand the world so that we can in some way engage the world more intelligently? And it has to do with causality. It has to do with the rules of causality and how we apply those rules to our data analytic work. And then secondly, I want to share with an idea around management by exception or this idea that when monitoring anything, there are so many different things that we could be paying attention to. How do you decide what to pay attention to and how do you set up systems that allow you to only take notice when something unique is happening? And then the last thing I want to make sure we cover is this idea of ranking and diagnostics. So there are certain types of work that you do with data that is designed to rank order the world so that you could understand what's happening and what's doing well and what's not doing well. And then there's a whole slew of metrics and KPIs that are best referred to as diagnostics. And those diagnostics are only relevant and actionable when they're talked about and presented in the context of those things that you're ranking. And I want to share some ideas around that concept with you and and share some ideas that you can use to better um, deploy this idea of ranking diagnostics and trying to decide how to make the most use of the data you're collecting and what to collect. So let's start with causality. So the idea of causality is that there is cause and effect in the world. There are things that are happening. Oftentimes those are things you have control over. Also often they are not, but they have outcomes. And those outcomes are the effect or the reality that, that we're trying to influence. And in order for us to make the connection between a cause and effect, we need to have three things in place. The first is the cause has to happen before the effect. And now that seems pretty obvious, but it's an important layer to put over what you're doing to make sure you're not expecting an outcome to be driven by something that doesn't intrinsically happen before the thing that you're trying to understand happens. So there has to be temporal order. There has to be the cause before the effect. The second thing is that there needs to be, in the textbooks, they refer to it as face validity. There has to be a reason or a theory or a motivation around why two things are related. Just the chance that they relate mathematically 
is not going to be as meaningful as if you have some type of theory or idea or hypothesis or no hypothesis that you're trying to then test. And you are then imposing that theory on the data and you have a reason why these things should be related. And then finally is the mathematical part, the analytics part, whereas are they actually related? Do they co-vary? When one goes up, does the other thing go up or down? Or when one goes down, does the other thing go up or down? And so it's that idea of, is the cause creating an effect? And that's a very mathematical question. It's a very, it's a statistical question. It's a data analytics question. But that data analytics question about causality is only relevant if you have your temporal order in place, the cause is happening before the effect, and you have a theory of why it should be happening. Just don't throw a bunch of numbers into something and then mix it all up and see what co-varies or what comes back at you because that's what the software said has a relationship. It, it needs to have some kind of theory behind it, otherwise you're going to get yourself in trouble. There's all kinds of spuriousness and different things that happen statistically when we try to uh, just let the data tell us what the world's all about. We want to make sure we have a theory that we're testing of some sort. And so with that in mind, you're next challenged with what are you actually going to measure? What are the things that matter? What should you include? And this is going to be incredibly unique for the people that you're trying to provide information to. And so let's assume it's you, just for making it easy. Let's assume that you're the one that you're developing some type of data analysis for. For you you need to think about uh, the decisions you need to make in business. So on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week or a month-to-month basis, you know, what type of decisions do you make? And what is the information you have at your disposal to make good decisions or to be confident in the decisions that you're making? And the idea of the decisions you have to make and the availability of information to make those decisions, it's the void of that information that starts to define the need for data. Uh, If you find that there's specific things you're trying to decide about and you're lacking the data or the information to make those decisions, then you want to use your data practice or whatever you're doing with data to fill in those gaps. And once you understand the decisions you have to make and you have the understanding of the information you need to make those decisions, things start to then fall into place more and more easily. So you start to see, okay, here's the here's the information I need. Here's how I can analyze that data to get that information. And then these are the metrics that I would need for analysis. And the more you think about those four things, the decisions that have to be made, the information needed, how I'm going to analyze the information, and then what the metrics are that are going to give that to me. The more you think about it in that kind of deconstructed sequence, the more you're going to cut away the chafe from the things that aren't important and start to settle into the things that are important. And then in that context, that's when you start to develop the metrics that you want to be measuring. And you put that into the context of the cause and effect we talked about earlier. Whereas from a cause perspective, these are going to be the variables that you tend to have control over. They're going to be the things that relate to the decisions you're making. They could be the day of the week something's being done. It could be the um, the nature of a certain marketing tactic. It could be the, a variable in a split test. It could be something like the venues you're choosing in experiential marketing, or it could be the, the hour of the day that you're activating in store. It's the causal things, the things that you are putting together that you believe are going to have an outcome. They're the things you have control over. You got to have a good, clean set of metrics around that. 
And then you want to have metrics around the effect, the outcome. You want to have a measure of success that could be sales volume. It could be click-throughs. It could be number of impressions generated. It could be number of conversions. It could be number of new leads acquired. It could be number of interactions. It could be any, a variety of things. But you want to have this idea of cause and effect embedded in your variables and the metrics that you're collecting data on. And you want to have the cause be the variables that you have control over and the effect be the variables that represent the outcomes. Now, there's different types of variables. When I talk about variable, I'm talking about a measure. And there's different ways of measuring something. And by their nature, they're going to have different properties. So when we're talking about the things you have control over, they tend more often than not to be what we call categorical variables. And categorical variables are things that have categories, and the order of those categories don't so much matter. So if we're talking about venue selection, the venue might be the metric, and the categories of the possible answers could be a street intercept, a fair festival, a concert, or a, or a retail activation. And so those are four different levels of four different categories that define what could be measured within this metric of venue. And that's called a categorical variable. For the most part, your controls are going to be categorical. There's exceptions to that, of course, especially as you start off, you're going to find that those are based on categories. And then your outcomes are going to be more um, what we call a ratio or ordinal variables. They're going to be things that are counting something that could be zero to infinity, or they're going to be something that has some kind of order, like small, medium, large, for example. And so the measures and how you're measuring them, they're going to be categorical variables where you talk about causal. They're going to be ratio or ordinal variables where you're talking about effect. And those categorical variables have discrete categories that people are answering within and the order doesn't matter. And the ratio or ordinal variables are measures where the usually there's a number that you're measuring as the uh, metric and uh, they tend to go from zero to infinity or maybe there's zero to 100 and the order tends to matter. The one needs to come before the two, for example. And those are going to be the tend to be the nature of your effect variables, so to speak. Hopefully this is making sense because we're going to dive into this idea of analysis. So now that we have a basis around causality, we have an understanding of why we're measuring what we're measuring because it's based on decisions, information needed, an analysis plan, and then metrics. And then we organize those metrics within a cause and effect kind of reality. The next is once we've got that data, how do we analyze it? Well, the first thing you want to do is, is look at the frequency of your measures. The, if you're looking at a textbook, you're looking at things like frequency or histograms. Uh, you might be interested in looking at averages. But overall, you're going to get the, the rate of occurrence of your variables. And for the most part, you're going to be interested in the rate of occurrence of your categorical variables. And then you're going to look to see what are the measures or what are the outcome variables, those ratio or ordinal variables, those effects how do those differ when looked at within your different categories? So if I'm looking at venues, what are my interaction counts? Or if I'm looking at street intercepts, what are my interaction counts? And you can look at that as a frequency of all interactions, or you can look at that as an average. But either way, you are segmenting your outcomes by your control variables or by the things you have 
control over by your category variables. And when you look to see the difference among the different categories as it relates to the things you're trying to affect, what you're basically doing is looking to see where are things higher and where are things lower. You can take an overall average or an overall measure across your outcomes and you can start to look to see among your categories where do you over-index, where are you higher, and where are you lower. And then because your categorical variables, your causal variables, your con- the things you have control over, because these are things you have control over, you can then choose to do more of what is performing well, less of what is not, and therefore increase the overall performance of whatever you're trying to affect. A couple words of caution is that when you are comparing occurrences of your outcome among your segments or among your causal variables, you want to be careful if you're comparing when the number of occurrences are less than 30 for each category. You want to have 30 or more per category before you really start to think you're you're detecting any significant difference. The algebra around the statistics kind of appreciates you having 30 or more. There's some, some different errors that can come into play that could be misleading. And I'm not saying that 30 or more, it's always going to be significant variation because that will obviously depend on on the degree that you're measuring uh, difference in the first place, but less than 30, you're kind of going to, you're going to have some rough spots. And so without diving into the statistics of it all, you want to have 30 or more. And then when you're trying to generalize, when you think you've found an outcome, when you think you've found something that you want to say Eureka on and start to spend a lot of money with this new insight or make big changes with a new insight, you want to really make sure that you're basing that on a sum of around 400 or more cases. You want to have 400 or more pieces of information before you start generalizing to a larger population. That 400 is a little bit arbitrary. It has to do with kind of a, a bit of a curve to uh, how we understand the chance variation and, and how we understand what leads to statistically significant insights. And after 400, the incremental return or the reduction in our margin of error gets smaller in in a relatively rapid way. And so spending enormous resources to collect more than 400 responses uh, starts to become uh, less and less uh, important and you get less less return for that expenditure. But if you're below 400, if you have less than 400, then you run all kinds of risks of concluding that there's an outcome when that outcome is really just based on chance variation, the the natural variation in the way the data is distributed anyways. And so 400 starts to become a bit of a magic number. And in statistics and in research and in data analytics, 30 cases when comparing groups and 400 or more when making generalizations, those kind of become the reference points. Now, it's always better to have more than 30 in different groups when comparing, but as a point of reference, it's going to be problematic if you have less than 30. And so what that means, what that 400 mark gives you is that if the difference among your outcome variables are 10 points or more when compared among categories, so let's say you're looking at frequencies and say you're looking at the frequency of how often you're reaching men at on-premise activations versus retail store versus how often you're reaching women at on-premise activations versus retail. If the difference that you're finding is 10 points or more, 
then you can start to lean around, lean on the idea that this may be a real significant difference and that there may intrinsically be a difference in how different demographics tend to populate different types of venues in this particular scenario. As that difference gets smaller than 10, then you're going to want to have significantly more than 400 responses before you start to really hang your hat on something and say this is a an insight into the way the world works and into a reality about about the universe. And as you uh, have more than 400, you can afford a smaller spread. And as you have less than 400, then you need a a larger spread. And for a variety of interesting historical reasons, we tend to start as a reference point that that spread should be around plus or minus 5%, talking about margin of error for and confidence intervals for those that are a little more statistically minded. But that plus or minus 5% starts to give us what, what we're looking for. So that's an initial introduction into the idea of data analytics. It's uh, an introduction into causality and what to collect and how to collect it. We'll talk about management by exception as a follow-up to this podcast and, and the idea of measuring only those things that are unique. And in another episode, we'll talk about ranking and diagnostics in this series of Data Analytics 101. So thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate your time. I hope you got some value from this. It's some pretty thick stuff that was thrown at you in a very short amount of time. Please listen again if you need to. Uh, You can certainly reach out to us at portmod.com if you ever had any questions. I hope most importantly that that you're having a great day and and thank you so much. Bye-bye. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues demystifying data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.